Hello all, and welcome to this episode of No Home for Heroes. No Home for Heroes explores history's military mysteries regarding Americans who are missing in action from our past wars. These long-forgotten MIAs are remembered here. Today's episode is titled, Finding Private Ryan. Today's episode of No Home for Heroes is taken from case number 527 in the files of the Chief Rickstone and Family Charitable Foundation. Picture yourself as a parent of a young Marine when the government says your son is missing in action, and then later says he was wounded in action and is in a hospital, and then later says he was killed in action but we can't find the body. I'm your host, Rick Stone, bringing you another great true story from our vault of history's military mysteries. No Home for Heroes is a trademark production sponsored by the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation. For more information on the foundation, visit our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. We invite you to listen to all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast or streaming platform you prefer. We dedicate this episode to our loyal listeners in Globe, Arizona, population 7,532. Here's a hometown hero known as one of the Phantoms of Tarawa. We hope you remember him forever. Uh, Ryan... I don't know anything about Ryan. I don't care. The man means nothing to me. It's just a name. But if... You know, if going to Ramel and finding him so he can go home, if that earns me the right to get back to my wife, well, then... Then that's my mission. Of course, many of you recognize the uh, voice of actor Tom Hanks from the 1998 movie Saving Private Ryan in which he talks about his fictional mission to locate a soldier in the confusion of the Normandy invasion and send him home as the sole survivor from a group of brothers who have gone off to war. Well, today's episode is the true tale of another Private Ryan, Private Kenneth John Ryan from Globe, Arizona, who was a member of M Company, 3rd Battalion, 2nd Marines. Sadly, Nothing we can do will save the real Private Ryan from his fate on a long-forgotten Pacific beachhead. But our mission at the Chief Rickstone and Family Charitable Foundation is to provide the information we have learned to Private Ryan's family and, if possible, help find his remains for recovery, identification, and return home to his family after being missing for over 78 years. Kenneth John Ryan stated he was born in Globe, Arizona in 1922. His birth date is not supported by online Arizona state birth records. In fact, his World War II draft registration card indicates that he was actually born in 1921 and not, and not 1922 as he stated. He was known as Kenneth to his family and friends. His father was William Albert Ryan and his mother was Edith Emma Watkins Ryan. Kenneth's father was a partner and manager in a livestock company, and he actually may have been a part owner of a drugstore there in Phoenix, Arizona. At the time of the 1940 census, Kenneth was living with his parents, two older brothers, three younger sisters, all in Phoenix, Arizona. 
Kenneth graduated from Union High School in Phoenix in 1941, and he worked as a soda fountain manager at the Ryan Evans Drugstore, which was a few blocks away from his home. Kenneth registered for the draft, as we said, in Maricopa County, Arizona on 16 February 1942. And before that, he attended Phoenix Junior College. He enlisted in the United States Marine Corps in 14 September 1942, and he was assigned the rank of private. The period of his enlistment was for the, quote, duration of the national emergency. He listed his residence in Phoenix, and he listed his mother as his next of kin. Private Ryan's records note he listed Protestant and his, as his religion, and a P for Protestant was likely stamped on his United States Marine Corps dog tags. He was five foot nine and a half inches tall. He weighed 160 pounds with light brown hair, blue eyes, and a ruddy complexion. There's no indication in his military records of previous bone fractures or tattoos, but he had an operation scar on his lower right abdomen, sounds like an appendix operation to me, and an unknown birthmark over his right rib cage. His cap size was unknown, and his last recorded dental examination was 16 September 1942, shortly after his enlistment, when his chart noted seven fillings or cavities, no extraction, and one wisdom tooth present. Private Ryan completed his Marine Corps basic training with the 4th Recruit Battalion at the Recruit Depot in San Diego on 9 November 1942, and he was assigned to the Marine Barracks Naval Ammunition Depot at Mare Island, California. He qualified as a sharpshooter on the Marine Corps rifle range with the M1 Garand 30-06 caliber rifle. In addition, he demonstrated proficiency with other weapons. Private Ryan was promoted to Private First Class on 1 May 1943 and assigned to A Company Infantry Battalion at the Training Center at Cap Elliott in San Diego, California. On 29 July 1943, PFC Ryan and his unit departed San Diego Harbor on board the SS Summelsdick for transport to New Zealand. In New Zealand, PFC Ryan was transferred to M Company, 3rd Battalion, 2nd Marines, who were stationed at Camp McKay's Crossing, New Zealand. His new company had participated in combat operations against Japanese forces on both Tulagi and Guadalcanal Island in 1942, and they were in New Zealand for a period of rest, refit, and training in preparation for the invasion of Tarawa. PFC Ryan's M Company was designated as the battalion's weapons company. The company's armament included 30 and 50 caliber machine guns and 81 millimeter mortars. PFC Ryan was specifically assigned to a three-man 50 caliber machine gun squad. In this type of unit, one Marine was designated to carry and fire the gun, known as the receiver. One Marine was charged with carrying and setting up the tripod for the heavy weapon, and one Marine was assigned to carry two metal boxes of belted ammunition. On 1 October 1943, PFC Ryan and his company embarked aboard the USS Arthur Middleton for a brief period of amphibious training before returning to their quarters at Camp McKay's Crossing near Wellington. They also participated in landing operations on board the USS Ormsby. On 16 October 1943, PFC Ryan and his unit embarked aboard the Arthur Middleton again in Wellington Harbor and were transported for additional training at Ifadi, New Hebrides on 17 October 1943. 
When the training exercises were completed, PFC Ryan and his company sailed for Tarawa on 13 November 1943. At 3.20 hours in the morning, that's oh, 03.20 hours, oh my gosh, it's early. On the morning of 20 November 1943, PFC Ryan's unit began climbing down the nets on the side of the Arthur Middleton into landing craft that would take them to Tarawa's shore. About six hours later, the company attempted to land at a position on Red Beach 1 known as the Bird's Beak. M Company received heavy casualties during the landing, including the loss of five of its seven officers who were either wounded or killed. In waves of what were called Higgins boats, but officially designated as Landing Craft Vehicle Personnel, LCVP, the Marines struck the reef hundreds of yards from the beach and were severely mauled by Japanese defenders with a hail from artillery, rifle fire, and machine guns. The front ramp of each landing craft was lowered to allow the Marines to weigh the remaining distance to the beach. When the boat ramp was lowered, the Marines stepped off into warm water that was between waist and shoulder deep, and soon many began collapsing as a result of being hit by intense Japanese machine gun fire. As the survivors struggled to wade almost 500 yards to shore, they were raked by a vicious crossfire from Japanese defenders on Red Beach 2 as well as those to their front on Red Beach 1. Other Marines stepped off into deep shell holes beneath the water and were drowned by the weight of the heavy equipment they were carrying, particularly those members of PFC Ryan's company who were carrying the large components of mortars and machine guns, including the metal base plates tripods, and ammunition. It was at this point that PFC Ryan vanished. Or did he? Hold on to your hats, because the investigation into Private Ryan's mysterious disappearance is about to get really strange. Per his United States Marine Corps casualty card, PFC Ryan was originally listed as missing in action as of 20 November 1943. This document does not list any injuries or burial location. On 15 December 1943, a letter from the commanding general of the 2nd Marine stated that PFC Ryan was, quote, wounded in action on 20 November 1943. An excerpt from PFC Ryan's health record book that we discovered in the, his official military personnel file states that he was, quote, transferred to an unidentified vessel on November 20th, 1943, for further treatment and disposition, end quote. And we also found a radiogram in his file from the commanding officer of the 2nd Marine Division to the Secretary of the Navy on 8 January 1944 that states, man wounded in action and evacuated to unknown ship, end quote. In fact, the December 1943 muster roll of PFC Ryan's company states he was sick in U.S. Naval Hospital Number 10 on Hawaii, Aia, Hawaii to be specific, where all Tarawa wounded were shipped after the battle. On 14 April 1944, about five months after the battle, responding to an inquiry by Senator Carl Hayden of Arizona from PFC Ryan's family, the Marine Corps initiated an investigation into PFC Ryan's status. In fact, we found the actual uh, telegram that in the Marine Corps records which stated, quote, 
The Honorable Carl Hayden of Arizona requests report regarding the degree of wound prognosis, present condition, private first class Kenneth John Ryan. Records this headquarters show he sustained gunshot wound of the head on 20 November 1943. It is also requested that Private First Class Ryan be informed that his family has been writing to him regularly and desires to hear from him, end quote. Well, as a result of the Marine Corps investigation, they obtained a statement from Private First Class Earl J. Payne. Now I'll read that in full statement for you here because it's very significant. Private Payne wrote, On D-Day, I was in the third wave, and as I was waiting into Red Beach 1, I reached the sandbar on the right flank, and I saw PFC Kenneth J. Ryan, about 15 or 20 yards in front of me, with a 50 caliber machine gun receiver. I saw him sink in the water about 30 yards off the sandbar. I couldn't get to him at first on account of the heavy machine gun fire. And when I finally did get to him, I dropped my two boxes of ammunition and dragged him to the sandbar. The aforementioned sandbar was approximately 200 yards from the beach. And when I got Ryan there, I asked for a corpsman. And a fellow that was already on the sandbar said he was a corpsman, but he could not render any medical assistance because he had a broken arm. I felt Ryan's pulse. And then I asked the corpsman to feel it, and he did, and he pronounced Ryan dead. He had a gunshot wound through the neck, end quote. Private First Class Ryan is actually one of 22 unaccounted for casualties from the Battle of Tarawa who have notations in their records that they were wounded and transferred to a vessel or an unknown location for treatment and were later listed as being in a hospital. The actual fate of these individuals really remains a mystery, and they are collectively known as the Phantoms of Tarawa. At the Department of Defense in 2011 and 2012, I worked PFC Ryan's case and managed to draw the wrath of the totally inept, in my opinion, and now disbanded Joint POW-MIA Accounting Agency Laboratory by insisting that the unknowns from Private Ryan's battle, the Battle of Tarawa, be exhumed and given a modern forensic examination. Perhaps I should have taken Tom Hanks' advice from the movie about my gripes. Hey, so, Captain, what about you? I mean, you don't gripe at all? I don't gripe to you, Riven. I'm a captain. He's a chain of command. Gripes go up, not down, always up. You gripe to me, I gripe to my superior officer, so on, so on, so on. I don't gripe to you. I don't gripe in front of you. You should know that as a ranger. I'm sorry, sir, but uh, let's say you weren't a captain, or maybe I was a major. What would you say then? Well, in that case, I say this is an excellent mission, sir, with an extremely valuable objective, sir. Worthy of my best efforts, sir. Moreover, I feel heartfelt sorrow for the mother of Private James Ryan, and I'm willing to lay down my life and the lives of my men, especially you, Ryden, to ease her suffering. Recently, investigators from the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation have reassessed the candidates from the Punchbowl Unknowns, and we've kind of taken a look at whether or not some of these individuals might be matches to the remains of PFC Kenneth John Ryan. In fact, there are two most likely match candidates and four possible match candidates to be 
PFC Ryan as unknowns in the punch bowl. But the bottom line is this. There really are only seven logical possibilities for the final disposition of private first class Kenneth John Ryan. These are in the order that we think there, you know, possibly could be. One, he was wounded and his evacuation boat was struck by enemy fire with his body obliterated by combat trauma. There are many anecdotal stories about this exact circumstance occurring. Two, he was successfully evacuated to an offshore ship for medical treatment, died while on board, and was given a barrel at sea for which was not recorded in the ship's log or other military records. Three, he was successfully evacuated to an offshore ship for medical treatment where he arrived at the United States Naval Hospital in Honolulu, Hawaii, where all Tarawa wounded were transferred, and he subsequently died and was buried at an unrecorded and unknown location in Hawaii. Or he was successfully evacuated to an offshore ship and received medical treatment that was not recorded in the ship's log. After treatment, he was ordered or elected on his own to return to the action on shore and was killed after landing on Tarawa for a second time where he is buried as an unknown. Or five, he was killed in the water before reaching shore and his body was obliterated by combat trauma and he was washed out to sea. Six, he was killed in the water and his body was washed up on shore after the battle where he was buried on Tarawa as an unknown. And finally, the seventh possibility is that he was successfully evacuated to an offshore ship for medical treatment, arrived at the United States Naval Hospital in Honolulu, Hawaii, and he subsequently recovered sufficiently to simply walk away and disappear from history forever. Well, I personally confess that, unlikely as it may be, my favorite scenario for Private Ryan's fate is really the last one. Do I believe this is what really happened? Well, no. But the hope that Kenneth John Ryan was somehow saved by his friend Earl Payne and the unknown corpsman with the broken arm, only to recover in Hawaii, walk off, and change his name to Smith or whatever, and live a long and fruitful life is just too much of a Hollywood movie ending to resist fantasizing about. If so, maybe the real Private Ryan would also also say something like this. with you, I, I wasn't sure how I'd feel coming back here. Every day, I think about what you said to me that day on the bridge. I've tried to live my life the best I could. I hope that was enough. I hope that at least in your eyes... Thank you for listening to this episode of No Home for Heroes. We hope you've enjoyed today's production, and we invite you to check out our other episodes on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you like to listen to podcasts. You know, we really do have the opportunity to communicate with each other 
based on our podcasts that are all over the world. We greatly appreciate your comments, and a special link is available for you to contact us on our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. We again thank you for your support of our mission to provide information to the families of missing American servicemen and missing American servicewomen. Every assistance counts, and you do make a difference. Until next time, be careful, be safe, and wishing you fair winds and following seas, I'm your host, Rick Stone, reminding you that poor is the nation that has no heroes, but shameful is the nation that having heroes forgets them. <laughs>